welcome to this week's edition of the Codcast, Commonwealth Magazine's weekly conversation about policy and politics with the people who make it, practice it, and cover it. I'm Jack Sullivan, uh, along with Bruce Mole, and today we're joined with uh, by uh, Attorney General Mara Healy. Welcome, uh, General. Great to be with you. Thank you. Um, what we'd like to talk about today, uh, first and foremost, is uh, the assault weapon ban that you recently uh, um for lack of a better term, instituted, but it's actually an enforcement. Um, you've got predictable uh, backlash from gun owners, from gun dealers, from manufacturers. I don't think anybody would suggest that that wouldn't have been expected. But what you also have gotten is some um, uh, feedback from allies who said that they didn't think that this was handled as well as it could have been. Would you have handled it differently, given everything that you see now, especially the day that you made the announcement that 2,200 assault uh, weapons were sold that day? Um, you know, I think that we handled it as well as we could have, and I'm, I'm really pleased with the results of this action because we have gone from uh, 10,000 sales of these assault weapons last year down to virtually none uh, since the time we made this announcement. Now, of course, there was the fire sale the day that we announced because inevitably this is what happens. Whenever there is talk of action related to guns or related to enforcement of gun laws or even sadly when there's a mass shooting, you see a rush on and sales of guns just skyrocket. And certainly we saw it in this place with the sale of uh, 2,200 rifles the day we announced and, and the day after we announced. But since that time, I'll tell you that sales have dropped to virtually none in this state. The sales that have been made, and we review the sales data every day, have been uh, legal sales. Um, and that's what this is about. It's about you know being clear with folks, this is the law, we're enforcing it, the law is there for a reason, and this is a matter of, of public safety. And as the attorney general, as the chief law enforcement officer, my job is to make sure we're enforcing the law and that we're taking the steps necessary to address issues of public safety in our state. It's as simple as that. So uh, while there have been criticisms and critiques about the substance, perhaps about the process, I'm not sure I understand all of that, um, the action, I believe, not only was correct, uh, but the right thing to do, and importantly, has really yielded the, the right result, which is enforcement of the law to ensure that these prohibited gun sales are no longer happening. Well, five of your pre predecessors, including two who have been in office since the uh, ban was passed in 1998, um, signed a letter saying that not only do they agree that you have the power to interpret it, but that you're interpreting it correctly, um, in their opinion. If that's the case, how come you're the first one? I think context matters here, Jack. I think that, um, at least in my mind, the notion of mass shootings is is something that is of more recent vintage. Yes, we saw Columbine, horrific situation years ago, but think about what's happened just in the last couple, three years when it comes to mass shootings, whether it's Aurora or San Bernardino or Orlando. Um, if you look at the, the kind of violence perpetrated targeted violence on police officers in Dallas, in Baton Rouge. The, the weapon of choice in these mass shootings is this assault weapon. And that's something that, to my mind, most unfortunately, so many people have become sort of desensitized to. It's become almost normalized. And 
and context matters here because it seems to me, as Attorney General, as somebody whose job it is to protect people here in the state, protect public safety, we need to be doing everything we can to ensure that our gun laws are enforced, uh, particularly now given what we've seen with the proliferation of the use of this weapon in these mass shootings. And people will say to me, well, we haven't seen this in Massachusetts, so why are you, why are you making an issue of this, of this right now? And I'll tell you, I'm not going to wait. I'm not going to wait for the next Aurora. I'm not going to wait for the next Orlando. We have a law in the books. We need to enforce it. And we have had mass shootings. You know, Greg Gibson uh, lost his son to a mass shooting in uh, Great Barrington years ago here in the state. And there are victims of gun violence and survivors of gun violence and family members who've lost family members to gun violence here in our state. Uh, not every person was at the, the hands of an assault weapon. Uh, we know so many are killed by handguns, but you know we have a law in the books that squarely addresses this. Let's enforce it. Um, I don't want to be the attorney general who takes no action and waits for the next Orlando to happen in her state. Well, the law on the books uh, cites um, several specific models that are banned, and and uh, and it uh, says that copy uh, copies or duplicates uh, are also under it. But it does make a list, and, it's, and it clearly states in the statute, this is not an exhaustive list. One of the things that I've heard from gun owners and from dealers is that they don't feel that they're getting the proper direction, that they haven't seen a list. Um, in talking with some of your people, uh, the, what comes back is, well, knowledgeable gun dealers know what they are. Knowledgeable gun dealers say they don't know what they are. What's the problem with having a list of, of 50, 100, 200, and say, but not limited to. Why can't you do that? Well, what we've done is we've provided a list of, of weapons that are not within this enforcement notice. And I think that that has um, uh, been helpful to folks. I think that whenever you hear um, uh, talk of, of, of action in a space, the NRA and goal advocates will, will get out um, um, as loudly as they can this idea about confusion, this idea about process, this idea that you know actions have been taken by some law enforcement authority that um, are, are less than clear. We need to understand. I'll tell you what's happened here. Gun dealers stopped selling these guns immediately, just the last two weeks. And to me, that means that they understand it. I know that they understand it because we went from receiving understandably, many, many calls in the days immediately following our announcement from gun dealers. Those calls have basically stopped. Um, the fact of the matter is, for a long time, gun manufacturers, gun dealers, they, they understood, they understand uh, the, the nature of these weapons. And, uh, you know, gun dealers, I'm really pleased with the cooperation, frankly, that we've received from gun dealers who have stopped selling these weapons. That's a good thing. That's where we need to be. And, um, you know, I was pleased to, to receive the support from, from the former attorneys generals. Uh, they get it. They understand what our job is. You know, it may not be popular with everybody. I understand it. But sometimes as attorney general, you're going to do things that um, upset some people. But my job is to worry about the people of the state and their public safety and to enforce the law. And that's why the, the other AGs were entirely behind me and, and with me on this. And I think they understand that when you have a law on the books, 
um, you need to enforce it. And, and we've seen this uh, proliferation of, of these weapons, of the marketing and the sale of these weapons in recent years. We've also seen the, the, the proliferation of these mass shootings. And so, you know, we took a look at, at what our law said. And our law was very clear that in 1998, Jack, when the law was drafted, signed uh, by, by Governor Salucci, and I've talked to Warren Tolman and Scott Harshbarger about this, who were around at the time that this was uh, debated and, and ultimately signed into law. The legislature was clear with its intent. It provided a list, but knowing that manufacturers were maybe going to go out and change the name of a model, you can't just have a list because manufacturers will always find a way to uh, try to get around it by tweaking the model number, changing the name of the gun, or even doing as they've done here in Massachusetts change some of the cosmetic features. What am I talking about? Well, they'll remove the flash suppressor on the end of the rifle. So knowing that, the legislature set out a list, but also said, we're also banning copies or duplicates of those weapons. Copies or duplicates. Those are the words in the statute. And that's really what we're getting at. We're getting at the so-called copycat weapon. Because since 1998, as you can imagine, they weren't, you know, the, the models of, of, of cars that were made in 1998 are different from the models of cars that are made today, but their function remains the same. Um, so you want to account for that, and that's exactly what the legislature did. Words mean something when they're used in a statute. The words copies or duplicates uh, meant something, and it meant that copycat weapons were banned from sale as well, and that's exactly what we uh, are doing in this enforcement notice because I think it's only fair if we're going to take action uh, in enforcement. I wanted the public to know. I wanted gun dealers to know and consumers to know, and I wanted them to understand how we interpreted the law. So um, I was curious, you mentioned the context. Mm-hmm. Um, did this some, Is this something that bubbled up from your staff? Is this something that you personally were struck by? Because it's not an issue I was really familiar with before you brought it to everybody's attention. How, how did it sort of bubble up and, and prompt you to act? What, well, what did? Well, I'll tell you what happened. Uh, we'd seen, you know, I remember, I remember making a phone call to the head of, of Planned Parenthood here in Massachusetts over the Thanksgiving holiday when uh, there was a terrible shooting at the, Marty at the Walls, clinic, right? and and uh, no, it was uh, Dr. Childs, the, oh, the, the oh, new okay. the new head of uh, Planned Parenthood. In fact, in fact, so new, I think she was. This was within just weeks of her taking this position, but there was the shooting out at, at um, uh, the the healthcare facility in, in Colorado, and it just seemed that um, month to month we were hearing about yet another mass shooting, and then of course. Uh, this year, we, we saw uh, Orlando. Uh, it was almost a year to the day that I was in a church in Roxbury after the, the terrible shooting at the Charleston, South Carolina church where uh, people were targeted and, and killed in the most brutal fashion at a Bible study group. And a year later, we have the largest mass shooting in history with the, the deaths of 49 innocent people at a nightclub in Orlando. And I asked my team, I said, could... Could this uh, kind of, of weapon be purchased here in the state? And we've seen these shootings now. I mean, can this happen here? We all know, of course, anything can happen anywhere, right? But my job is to enforce the law and, and mitigate and reduce the likelihood of violence happening in our communities. 
So I asked the question, and my team researched this extensively, uh, reviewed this extensively, and we were really surprised to learn that last year alone here in Massachusetts, 10,000 of these copycat assault weapons were sold in Massachusetts. I was very troubled to learn that in the days after Orlando, sales of assault weapon copycats went up in Massachusetts by 450%, okay? So that's what, um, uh, that's what led to uh, my view that I'm the Attorney General, I have a responsibility to the people of this state to enforce the law and to protect public safety, and we're gonna do just that. And we're going to be clear with the public that uh, there is this law out there on the books that bans the sale of these weapons, and we're going to enforce it. You had, uh, your office had said that you were looking at potential sanctions against dealers that sold um, the guns on the day you made your announcement because it was the bright line. That's when sales were supposed to stop. Uh, you exempted buyers um, prior to that day, but then on that day as well. Have you made a decision on uh, if you, whether or not you're going to uh, bring sanctions against any dealers for that day well, look, or subsequent days? We've tried to be practical and reasonable about all of this and fair because, you know, my, my goal is at the end of the day that the, the law is enforced, uh, of course, but that dealers and the public comply with the law. That's what I want, actually. I'm not looking for <laughs> enforcement actions. My hope and, and view is uh, that what, what's best to have happen is there's compliance with the law. The good news is we've seen that already. But we continue to review sales data every day, and we knew that um, at the time this, this was announced that, first off, there was going to be a run on guns that day, which there was. But it was our hope that that would then stop as word got out about our enforcement and how we interpreted the law. Um, I uh, also think that it's important that uh, people understand that transactions uh, occur. It may take a day or two or more for a particular transaction to occur due to the kinds of checking that needs to be done for the purchase of a weapon. So some of these weapons that were purchased at or around the time of our enforcement notice may have been within a bubble, we call it. And, you know, we want to be reasonable about, about uh, purchases that may have uh, technically occurred uh, after the date of our notice, but nevertheless were, were in process uh, before. Um, uh, could they be actionable? Um, yes, yes. But I have made a decision, exercising my discretion, that we are not going to pursue those transactions. We are going to pursue transactions uh, that were uh, made and that occurred after there was notice of our enforcement notice out there. Um, and, that's, and that's where we are spending time and, and energy. As I say, the good news has been, in looking at the sales data, and teams review it every day just about, We've really seen the sales of these weapons uh, stop um, to a standstill uh, virtually, and we haven't seen illegal sales yet um, uh, to date. And so that's that's good news. That's what we that's what we want to see. I I don't want to say that you've been the target of personal attacks because these people don't know you, so they can't be personal. But you've been the target of some very vile attacks and some some very ugly uh, statements. Does that bother you, and um, did you expect it, or, or, or was it beyond anything that you expected? 
I, I expected to receive blowback and backlash. I think that's what happens whenever you you uh, talk about guns or take action around guns. You saw this uh, a few years ago when the legislature passed a gun reform bill. Uh, I have to be. I have to say, I'm surprised at the level of, of some of the the, the, the ugly language and, and rhetoric and, and some of the um, really. Uh, well, I can say it's it, it ugly, uh, disturbing. Yes, troubling. Yes. Uh, nerve-wracking, yes, but it is what it is, and my job is to, to continue to work with the teams in my office to enforce the law and, and do my job as best I can. And again, as Attorney General and as, uh, as, as a Chief Law Enforcement Officer here, it is my job to make sure that we enforce the law and protect public safety, and uh, we'll withstand uh, whatever backlash comes. The good news, though, is that so many people have come forward um, in the immediate days after that, there was tremendous outcry and and and, and blowback from um, the NRA and and goal on this and uh, real efforts to mischaracterize what we had actually done, which you know is 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 a common technique that they use, and um, I think that led to some uh, uh, in a, some talk out there about process and lack of you know clarity and, and this that and the other. That's just standard NRA playbook. Whenever you act in this space, the good news is that since that time we have seen so many people come forward: police chiefs, district attorneys, strong coalition of mayors, clergy, public health officials, hospital executives, the faith community, people like Gabby Giffords um, and, and others. I can't tell you the number of, of, of letters uh, and messages that I've received from folks across the state saying thank you, because I think that some of them were surprised to learn that sales of these weapons were happening here in the state. These are weapons. Let's remember what this is all about, because there's still a lot of guns being sold in the state. There are a lot of guns that will be sold in the state. I am not uh, about taking people's guns away. Um, I respect the Second Amendment. Uh, I will work to keep guns out of the hands of people who are a danger to themselves or others, and I will work to enforce our gun laws, including our assault weapons ban. But the kind of gun that we're talking about, it's a weapon. It's a, an assault weapon. It was created for military use. And its purpose, remember, was to be able to kill as many people as quickly as possible in as short amount of time as possible wasn't meant to hunt, wasn't meant to game, wasn't meant for self-protection. It was a military use intended for, uh, for the sole purpose of being able to fire as quickly as possible and kill as many people as possible in a short amount of time as possible. It's as simple as that. Law enforcement is at risk with these guns uh, in civilian hands. Um, uh, there's no need for them uh, when it comes to, to hunting or sport. These are not the kinds of uh, uh, weapons that are used for hunting or sport. And we have a ban in place. More importantly, my job is to enforce the law. We have a ban in place that actually addresses this, and that's what we're doing. So that sounds very scary the way you describe it. So who's buying these things then? If they're not for hunting, not for any of those activities, what are they buying them for? I think a lot of people like guns. I think uh, a lot of people like guns, and, and I understand that. But uh, there are certain kind of guns that, and certain kinds of weapons that are intended for military use and, and really only for military or law enforcement use. 
And we have a law on the books that addresses that. And so there may be other guns that, that those who, who like guns uh, want to go purchase. Um, nothing interferes with that. There's been in an effort to mischaracterize what we've done. Uh, people have claimed you're taking away handguns, you're taking away antique pistols or antique rifles. No. The same guns that you've been able to buy, you'll be able to buy, except you're not going to be able to buy assault weapons any longer. It's as simple as that. To the extent you were able to purchase them in the past, even though they were illegal, you're not going to be able to buy them anymore. One final question, General. Uh, Massachusetts is one of seven states that has uh, an assault weapon ban. Mm -hmm. However, there was a national ban prior to Massachusetts passing it in 98. It was uh, uh, in Congress in 94. Mm -hmm. It sunsetted and wasn't um, um, reenacted in 2004. Mm -hmm. So we're kind of on an island here. If you can ban the weapons here, but they're still going to be sold elsewhere. Does Congress need to step in here? And is there something that you're going to do to uh, try to um, get that moving? You know, it's, it's really frustrating. I'll tell you, we just went through this with a whole discussion about no fly, no buy. I mean... Uh, I've seen it in, in my frustration in Congress's refusal to allow our Centers for Disease Control to even study gun violence. People probably don't know that, but that's what Congress did years ago. They stripped the CDC of funding that would enable it to study gun violence. Why is that a problem? Well, the CDC studies all sorts of issues that are public health issues and actually helps us identify strategic intervention and prevention strategies. And you mean to say that when it comes to guns, the maybe the most lethal consumer product out there, that's where you're going to draw the line and say CDC, hands off. So we rallied uh, a, a group of uh, other state attorneys generals and, and wrote uh, to Congress and have advocated for a change there, advocated for reform at the federal level, because you're right. We need federal reforms. Uh, to, to address this issue. It is frustrating where we sit here in Massachusetts and people are able to, to, to uh, we're, we see guns from, from uh, states like New Hampshire and Maine or up from the south like Georgia where they have different rules. But it doesn't mean you don't enforce the rules that you've got. You don't work, you know, I've got to work with what I've got. And, and um, just because some places don't have rules in place doesn't mean you don't do your job and enforce existing law while we continue to advocate for federal solutions that are desperately needed to address gun violence in this country. I will say that Massachusetts uh, has among the lowest rates of, of uh, gun deaths in the nation and correspondingly has some of the strongest gun laws in the nation. I think those two are actually related and correlate. It's not surprising. So let's continue to do what we need to do here in Massachusetts. And as attorney general, I will enforce the law here in Massachusetts. But I'll certainly be an advocate for uh, broader reforms at the federal level that I think are needed because 33 Americans die every year from guns. Um, so many more are injured each day. Just think about this. Uh, imagine if this were a plane or a brush bus um, crashing. 90 Americans killed a day by guns, another 200 injured. Now, 62% of those may be suicides. Many of those include handguns. Um, uh, some of those are unfortunately victims of, of, of mass shootings. But my point is that we've got a number of people who are dying or injured at the hand of a gun in this country. Unlike other countries, we're really, really off the charts. And I believe it's a public health crisis. Um, and it has a devastating effect, not only on, on families, but on whole communities. And we need to be doing everything we can to uh, secure our, our safety and health and well-being. 
the Second Amendment is there, um, and uh, people will be able to, to, to purchase guns. I've heard from so many gun owners, by the way, who appreciate what, what we've done, who applaud what we've done. They know the difference between a handgun and a hunting rifle and an assault weapon. And it's as, it's as, it's as simple as that. And, and I appreciate the support, and, and I support lawful gun ownership, absolutely, and respect the Second Amendment. But uh, it's very clear what the law is here, and to me, um, yeah, there's really no debate about the place or the role of assault weapons in, in our society here in Massachusetts or across this country. I realize that people may disagree with me, um, but uh, I feel very strongly about this. That would be a First this. Amendment thing. I God, you know, have at it. You know, it's 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 a free country, um, and uh, uh, you know, people are entitled to to their opinions and their views. But this is something we've done our homework on. We've we've studied it very closely. I felt very comfortable acting. There was some talk about, well, why didn't she have a public hearing? It made no sense to have a public hearing. The law is a law. You 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 have a public hearing when you're thinking about new lawmaking and the like, and that's something the legislature can do. But you know, my job as attorney general is to enforce the law and then be clear with the public, as we've been, about what this means and how we're enforcing it. A lot of information up on our website, questions and answers. Um, we had a hotline set up from day one. We received hundreds of calls in the first few days. Those calls have really dropped off. Um, we received a number of calls from, from gun dealers. Those have dropped by 90% in just the last couple of weeks. So we'll continue to provide information uh, work with our law enforcement partners, work with, with gun dealers um, and, and others. Some of the gun manufacturers are not very happy. Some uh, dropped uh, half a million dollars in a suit. I guess they may be filing to, to, to challenge what it what is I'm doing. Companies? But uh, that's, uh, you know, that's part of the playbook. I mean, people probably don't know this, but I mean, so much of the NRA, its funding is derived not from actual gun owners, but from gun manufacturers, the ones who have a, a self-interest in selling as many guns as possible. And uh, I have an interest in protecting people and enforcing the law. And that's my job as attorney general. Well, thank you. And just to wrap it up, the attorney general's website, uh, if anybody's interested, is mass.gov slash AGO. Um, and I want to uh, thank uh, Attorney General Mara Healy for joining us today. Uh, that's it for this week's podcast. You can find the podcast on our website at commonwealthmagazine.org or subscribe to it on iTunes or SoundCloud. Uh, also thank our uh, crack producer, Aaron Van Leesten, uh, and Bruce Mole. I'm Jack Sullivan. Thank you for listening, and come on back next week for another episode.